Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I am freaking stoked for today's episode because we've got Tori motherfucking deal coming on FML Talk. So sit back, grab a drink. We are about to have a full-on girl talk episode. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter six. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. You guys, I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, if you're wondering why I sound rather mannish today, it's because I am recording this intro right after five days of recording the audiobook for book number two. Holy shit. Um, if you have not had your eyes on my Instagram, we released the Instagram for book two, which has the name on it. So I guess I will officially tell you here. It is entitled The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. And my voice is hurting today, y'all. <laughs> it's, um, it's been five days of living out loud what you are going to be reading oh so soon. Um, and I had a freaking blast doing it and my voice is tired. Uh, But I am so excited for today's episode. You guys, Tori Deal, if you have been living under a rock and don't know who she is, um, is a competitor on MTV's The Challenge. You all know I love my reality TV. This isn't even considered trashy reality TV. This is legit reality TV. And it's so freaking entertaining. Um, So let me be the one to turn you on to it if you are not watching it. And Tori is one of the badass fucking female competitors that kicks ass on that show. And her and I connected when we linked up on social media because of our, you know, we both are very into the self-love, mindful, uh, supporting women vibe on social media. And she then discovered Eat, Pray, FML and was really the first person that had a bigger following online to really start putting it out there and talking about how much she loved it. And we became really good friends. And I absolutely adore her. Uh, I cannot say enough good things about her. I've been on her podcast called Tori Dealing With. If you haven't checked that out, they're really good appetizer podcast episodes that you can listen to before FML Talk. They're short and like 15 to 20 minutes. And they're really great. She dives into some really, really great topics. So highly suggest heading over there and uh, checking out Tori dealing with. So um, let's just get right the fuck into it because I'm excited for you all to meet her and know her the way that I know her. So without further ado, here's motherfucking Tori deal. 
Tori fucking deal, my love of my life. Welcome to <laughs> FML Talk. Yay. Yay. Finally, dude, we've been trying to get on a podcast together for so long. So this is much overdue. I'm so excited to be talking to you. I'm so excited. I love the fact that like our story, how we met and like after you read the book, you were like, you should do a podcast. I was like, fuck no, I'm never doing a podcast. Like everybody has a podcast. And lo and behold, here we are. And I, I just, I'm so happy to have your beautiful smiling face here. Girl, it's just, it's been such a pleasure to work with you over the years. Like, like you said, I'm so happy that we connected. Your book has, I've read multiple times. I've literally recommended to everybody. I consistently recommend it. Like if a girl ever hits me up, especially recently, like with the breakup that I just went through, people are like, Tori, how are you doing it? One of the first things I recommend is reading your book because it just helped me so much. So I'm a huge fan. I'm so happy to be here. That's fucking awesome. I, I really like, I feel like I owe so much to you because before, you know, we really became actual good friends. You were kind of the first like bigger influencer to start posting about my book that kind of like gave a little push to that first wave. So I just think everything that you guys put out with Sweetheart Club and your self-love company, it's just, yeah, you're fucking awesome. And I'm just like, you got it. Love having you as a friend. (laughs) You got it. Um, (laughs) So for people that are listening, if you for some reason live under a rock and don't don't watch the TV show The Challenge, um, which I have been watching since it started airing, like way back in the OG days, uh, Tori is one of the kick ass women that uh, competes on that MTV show. And if you're not watching it, I highly suggest it. It's like the best thing to possibly binge on your day to day. It's like uh, so good. Yeah, it's it's it it is great and it's not. You know what I mean? Like I love it right. to death. I love that so many people enjoy it, and then I watch it. And obviously, I do the challenge podcast now, and I get to watch a lot of it back. And I'm like, damn, like it's just intense. It never gets, it never doesn't get intense in my mind. Like I have PTSD for sure from it, but like I just keep going back to it. It's like kind of a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's intense watching it, and I can see like. You know, that's actually a really, really good analogy because you see like the highs of what it must feel like with the adrenaline and like getting back like with all the people that you know, but then it like sucks the living life out of you and you're just like, fuck man, I gotta stop. I gotta take take some time away. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. But I'm glad it has fans like you because otherwise we would have never connected. So it's definitely, it's definitely helped me to make really cool connections in life. I'm super thankful for the experience and I've learned so much about myself through competing. I think it's like every time you get on like an apparatus and you're like 40 feet above water and you're like, am I going to jump? I mean, there's always that moment where you're like, what fucked up life decision did I make to get myself (laughs) here right now? And then like you have that moment where you're like, all right, I'm going to jump. And then you do it. And whether you fall or you land, it's always... It always feels good because you pushed yourself to the limit. You proved to yourself that even if you were afraid, you were going to go forward with with that fear inside you. So I've just, yeah. even though I've never actually won the show, I, I still am so proud of myself for so many little moments that have happened and I'm constantly learning. So it has been an incredible experience. Yeah, I love that. Um, and with that incredible experience and, you know, being on people's TVs every Wednesday, um, there's a lot of eyes on you now. You know, you have a pretty big social media platform um, and people, whether it's warranted or not, get really fucking invested in not only the contestants on the show, but their relationships that they have with each other. Yes. 
And it's like a very fine line of like, you know, I'm open because you're like me. Like if we're having a fucking shit day, we show up on social media and like, hey, I'm having a shit day. And like, yeah, this is is reality and this is what's going on. But, you know, you have to be kind of protective of your privacy and careful when you do that, because a lot of the challenge fans are crazy and they will analyze like any little thing you say. And then Mm -hmm. the next thing you know, it's like on some fucking news site and your whole life is blown up. This literally just happened not too long ago. Like, obviously, Jordan and I just went through a breakup, and there's a little tension with a breakup. Of course there is. Even though you want it to be as easy as possible and supportive as possible, the hearts were still broken along the way. It's never easy to, like, have a breakup ever, no matter what. So, like, there was this moment where I commented something on Jordan's Instagram post where he talked about – he posted a picture with my mug. And so I comment, and I was like, hey, that's my mug, kind of in, like, this jokey way. And then he commented back. He was like, it's mine now. And then I was triggered. And I didn't – I had no regard for the fact that I was on social media. So my ass commented back, and I was (laughs) – you know, it kind of like went, it, like it went tit for tat for like a few comments, and then I had this moment of, oh my god, this is gonna be a fucking issue, right. and of course, like e news or whatever like news outlets start posting articles about it, and I'm like. The last thing I need is for these stupid comments to be, like, I never intended them to go that direction. Yeah. So the good thing that came out of that was Jordan and I had a really honest conversation after that. So, and him and I got on, like, had a really nice, just, we just came to a good conclusion about how we feel about everything. And we really hurt each other. So it was really beautiful. And I have a lot of love for him as a person. So it was good that that happened. But there, it's been, it's been crazy having everyone kind of scrutinize everything right now. Yeah, I remember when the the E News article first came out about you guys splitting. Um, I had obviously like known from you that that was happening, but I just kind of like took a breath and was like, "Oh, here we go." I hope yeah. she's gonna, you know, it's like you're you like buckle in to weather a storm when the media gets a hold of things. And that's a hundred percent what happened. I was literally in my kitchen with my mom, and you have to, and you know, the breakup happened much earlier than like people know and that's because it was very private we were trying to figure out the best way to go about it it was very painful for both of us and I'm like sitting after after we went public I'm sitting in the living room with my mom I moved back in with my mom and on the bottom of the corner of the tv it says e-news Jordan Wisely and Tori Deal break up and I was just like oh my god like I'm on the bottom of the tv screen right now like what is you're you're like my relationship is that important to people (laughs) like what and then, like, E! News <laughs> posted it on their Instagram page, and I literally wanted to comment and be like, who are they? <laughs> oh, like, my God. So funny. I can't. I, I was thinking about it, but I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to bring any more attention to the entire thing. But it's been a freaking windstorm for sure. Yeah, dude. I, I can't imagine when I was talking to Jana Kramer when she came on um, for an episode, I was like, I don't know how you guys did it, like, when it's so public because, like, I went through my divorce, thankfully, when nobody, you know, on a grand scale knew who the hell I was. So it was just in our community and with our family and friends. And it was still fucking embarrassing and hard and shameful and like a lot to deal with. So I can't imagine adding the unwarranted opinion of like the public and fucking Instagram trolls to that scenario. It must have been shitty. I think about it and I wonder, I'm Mm. like... You know, as you're going through something like that, you're like, am I going to come out from it stronger? Like, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out how much of an effect this is all really going to have on me in time. I do my best to hunker down, be committed to my mental health, be committed to my physical health. But 
when it comes down to it, I'm still affected by all of it, like every regular person, because I am a regular ass person. And I don't think that it's natural for really anybody to be exposed to the amount that we are exposed to. Like, we, it, celebrities and, like, idols and all of these things, like, they didn't really exist to the level they did without social media and television and all of this until recently. So, like, this isn't part of human evolution to be able to kind of, like, balance this. Totally. And I don't know. I'm, I, we'll see how it pans out. I, like I said, I, I, might, I might take a big step back from social media soon and... Like, then I'll feel like I deserve it, and then maybe I'll come back when I'm ready. But I don't know. I'm just kind of honoring where I'm at with all of it because it's just – it's a lot. Yeah, and I think that's great, and I think that's so important mental health-wise to, like, really check in and be like, okay, dude, we got to fucking pump the brakes on this. Um, Let's step back a little bit. So when – how long were you and Jordan together? We were together for, like, three years. Okay, and then he proposed on – the on previous the season of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all saw that play out and it was really beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And what, I mean, I was really shocked when you first told me that you guys were breaking up and calling off the engagement. Um, yeah. Like I remember getting that message and my mouth hit the floor and I knew how like not okay you were. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of take me through, you know, what, what it was that happened um, with you two to the degree that you're comfortable with and how you kind of like found yourself navigating through it all. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Yeah, I think it was so, it was such a hard decision for both of us. I think Jordan and I were just at this point where we kept hitting this wall where we couldn't communicate. We were going to couples therapy and like for both sides, for some reason, neither one of us could hear the other person. Mm -hmm. And it really started to create a lot of animosity in our relationship just within everyday things. So it's, it's no one's fault. Like it, it just kind of happened the way it happened. I also think that quarantine put a huge pressure on us mm-hmm. because then we were together nonstop all the time. I wasn't able to like fly home and go see my family. I wasn't able to go like hang out with friends like I normally do. So we were really together a lot. And I think that it stressed us both out equally. So I can't sit here and say that like 
it was one way or the other. It was it was both of us hitting this wall over and over and over again until eventually that wall had to break and we had to make a decision that was going to either free us or we were going to sink with that ship. And yeah. I mean, I can honestly tell you, I feel like as much as I loved him and still love him as a person very much, I feel lighter now. I feel like I was bashing my head against a wall for so long trying to figure out what was wrong. And all I really needed was to take a huge step back and be alone. And yeah. it's been crazy. It really has been. I haven't felt more like myself, though, in a really long time. And I think this is kind of what happens after any big thing like this in life. Like, I think a lot of women have been hitting me up and they're like, well, how do you know when it's the right time? How do you know when you're supposed to leave a relationship? Honestly, I didn't know. I, I yeah. didn't know. And I still don't know. I still don't know if I should have left earlier or not. I think you just kind of eventually have to kind of surrender to the peace of it all. And that's mm -hmm. really what my life coach was telling me. She was like, you need to surrender. You're trying so hard. You're trying so, so, so hard to make this thing work and it's not working. So like, give up and give in, but not in the sense that it's a failure, just in the sense that you surrender and so that's yeah. kind of how I looked at it and like I've been able to take a huge step back and it's just it's been amazing it really has been this whole thing like I have nothing but love for Jordan and for this entire situation and I just you know I want to honor it the best way I can because I really did learn so much from it yeah and I, and I know Jordan too for meeting him a few times with you and I I think nothing but great things of him as well so then when you guys finally made the decision to split what happened on your journey after that? Like, how was healing was mental rough. health for you? Rough, 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 rough. If you, if I, I fell off that mountain and I hit every rock on the way down and I oh. mean that shit, I was like, girl, I was not good. I don't care how many people thought I looked good on social media. I was not. And I was not just not good because of the breakup. I was not doing well because... I just got eliminated off the challenge. The breakup happened a week after I got home. Oh, so it dude. was like this. I'm like, I feel like a loser. Oh, my God. My relationship failed. Oh, my God. Where am I going to go? And right. so I just had this moment where I felt so I felt naked. I felt powerless. I felt like I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, I can't, couldn't believe I was going to leave L.A. Like, I remember the last hike we had together. Right. <laughs> like, because you, you moved to L.A. for Jordan, correct? Like, yeah. to, mm -hmm. to be with him and to live together. Yeah. So it was wow. just like, and then after that, it just went downhill. Like, started hooking up with somebody that I probably shouldn't have. Totally regretted that. Right. Then, like, after that kind of, like, got blown up and thrown in my face, I was like, all right, I got to, like, like, that was such a Tory behavior. Like, for me to, like, be at, like, my raw to the bone, I feel like, I feel naked right now. I feel hopeless and helpless, whatever. Yeah. For me to go out and, like, be with a, get a man's attention, that is such mm -hmm. a core bad behavior of mine. That's, like, yes. what I do to, like, make myself feel better. And it, you've seen it in my past. Like, that's literally in my operating system. And so, like, yeah. it's, am it's amazing that I had a life coach kind of, like, walking me through this whole experience because every time I bumped my head on the way down from that mountain that I fell from like she was there to just like call me out on my shit but still cradle me through it mm -hmm. so it was like hey Tori listen like what you're doing right now mm, you're kind of like you're kind of like going into old Tori behaviors but at the yeah. same time you have to do it to get through this okay we'll honor that but when you get back up from this you need to recognize how you've been processing everything right so it was just massive I'm like just processing it in a way that I would have never done if I didn't have a life coach there yeah and and like now I am it's six months past the breakup now. Right, right. I am, I'm me again. 
It took, like, I'm still going, I'm still growing to be me. I'm still figuring out how to step more into me yeah. and how to, and how to be a better version of me, but I'm definitely me again. Yes. Oh, I so love that. Okay. I, we have to go back because like a high pot kettle, like this is exactly my, my operating system as well. Um, and I write about it when I have, we've read when I have my one night stand in Amsterdam, I get home and I'm like, okay, cool, Gabrielle, you're a fucking whore. And yes, that language might sound harsh to people that are listening, but that's the, the story that I was telling myself in my head, because here I was heartbroken and like so fucked up over this person that I loved and would absolutely go ballistic if I had found out that like he had done something like this. And there I went, you know, knowing going into it that it wasn't going to make me feel better, that I didn't want to go have sex with this person and then went right ahead and did it anyways. And I came home that night and I was like, wow, you quite literally fell directly back into your old patterns of like, Mm -hmm. when I feel alone or scared or lonely or shitty about myself, let's have a man make me feel better. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, it was such a gnarly low for me. So Mm -hmm. I so resonate with going, you know, falling back into those old habits. And they're so fucking hard to break when, you know, when you're like, cool, and your mental health is chilling. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm great. And like, I don't need this, or I don't need someone else to validate me or make me feel better. But it's the moments when your mental health is challenged, that you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, you want to go do this thing that made you feel better before? Because yeah, it's here. And it's easy. Oh, God, I so relate to that, dude. It's just like low-hanging fruit at that point. You're like, especially when you had to like, I mean, think about it. You were so out of your element when you were doing all this. You were across the world in in another country on a solo trip that wasn't intended to be solo. Right. Like, same for me. Like, I was moving back in with my mom. I love my mom. Shout out to my mom. But like, I haven't lived with my mom since I was nine years old. I lived with my dad growing up. So like, I was like, oh my God, this is taking me back, 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 back. Like, I'm processing a lot of information right now. And... Oh, like I said, I hit every rock on that way down. Like I yeah. really did. <laughs> so uh, the last, uh, well, not the last episode, because when this airs, it'll be a while ago, but we did an episode on abandonment and fear of abandonment and how unhealed trauma from your childhood can, you know, manifest itself in your current relationships that you're attracting into your life until you recognize it and start to heal it. Is there anything in the relationship between you and Jordan where you can look back on it now that you've, you know, had six months and have like a clearer perspective on it and be like, oh shit, like these couple things were huge triggers for me that I needed to go fix. And he was a perfect mirror bringing those into my space. Definitely. It was my insecurity for sure. Mm. I think like a lot of people look at me and they think, oh, she's so secure. I have like worked to be this secure. And there are always going to be times when that security just cracks open and the insecurity can shoot right through. Mm -hmm. And Jordan is so secure. And so I think just by the way he handles himself sometimes and like the confidence he put in me, it was like, it was a lot for me to be like, oh, okay, I need to be that woman for him. But in reality, Mm -hmm. like there was a lot more insecurity inside me that I really wasn't showing. It was just kind of coming out negatively and it really Uh. affected our relationship. So if I could go back and like change one thing like about myself, it would to let myself be more secure within me and to like just talk about my insecurities openly. and. Like, I was just trying so hard to be this, like, powerhouse woman. Like, I'm, I am I got it all together, but I didn't. And I still don't. Like, I'm still learning how to, like, be a better version of me. But, yeah. So, I think, like, insecurities are the big one. I think, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. And he, you're right. Jordan is like insanely strong, confident, like yeah. almost to a point where you walk into a room with him and you're like, you can like feel it energetically hit you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like I remember one night when we were all at, at one of the salsa clubs and he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He doesn't know how to salsa, but he still was just like one of the most confident people in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is like, and that's like one of the best things about him is that like, He's been through so much in his life that he has the ability to just be like, I don't care what you're going to throw at me. I'll figure it out. And like he does deep in his core. He believes in himself every time. And I yeah. I didn't have that. So yeah. it it was it was really empowering to be with him as a partner. But all at, this, at the same time, I was trying to live up to a level that I actually wasn't at yet. Yeah. So it created rifts in different areas. But yeah, I mean, it's. And when you're portraying, um, you know, being confident when you don't feel that on the inside, it's a really uncomfortable state to continuously live in. So I feel yeah. like that probably fucked with you in a few ways. It's so weird how I'm so, and I've always been this way, I'm so much more confident when I'm single. And it's because I feel like I have nothing to lose. Mm, that's like so I feel, interesting. I feel like when I'm single, you can't take anything from me. But, like, right. if I give my heart to somebody, I have something to lose, I then start to feel insecure. And I have mm -hmm. still not – I still I won't be I won't be able to know if I've worked on that or gotten better at that until I'm in another relationship again, which is not going to be for a while. So right. I, I don't I, – I'm just going to keep continuing to, like, go to therapy and, like, try to work on this. But, like, I definitely feel like I can – if and I don't know. Maybe that stems from, like, my parents growing up and, like, how the divorce played out and, like – just kind of things that happened in my childhood, but it's definitely something I need to continue to work on. Yeah. I think all of my shit that I deal with in relationships now, I can look back and trace to something that happened in my childhood and be like, yeah. oh yeah, well, that's where that comes from. But you know, I mean, you know, my mom is a world healer and whenever I call her to do healing work, she'll laugh and she'll be like, ugh. You know, I tried not to pass all this shit down to you, but, like, here it is. <laughs> and it'll be, like, something that, you know, she was like, God damn it, I wish you wouldn't have ended up with that, Gabrielle. <laughs> oh, my God, your mom is a saint. She's amazing. She, she's pretty She's pretty wonderful. Um, so when we chatted on your – I came on to your Tory Dealing podcast, which mm -hmm. I so love, and I'm going to plug this a bunch of times separately in this episode, but um, I really think that all of my FMLers are going to connect so much with you. I know we already have some crossovers because of our social media stuff, um, mm -hmm. but your episodes are so, like, short and sweet, and, like, you can literally – I feel like you can listen to them before you listen to FML talk is like a little like <laughs> yes! appetizer. Um, yes. It's like they, they match really well together and you talk so much about um, mental health and just really, really great topics that I have so resonated with. I listen to your podcast and um, when I came on, of course, when I came on one of your episodes, we talked about one of your past relationships where you found out some crazy shit. Yeah. And I want to yeah. like, I want you to tell that story. <laughs> Dude, he slid into my DMs recently since I've been single. Okay. I'll Shut up. Okay. Yes. Go to, from the beginning. <laughs> I'll backtrack. But to make a long story short, I was like 22 years old. I was working at a club. I was dating one of like the managers who worked there. He was about, I think, 10 years older than me. I was super into him because like he had power in the club. He was like pretty handsome. He had a lot of charisma, like, you know, check everything off on that list. And yeah. like, he had it. So I was attracted to him. And so I was like really in hustle mode when I was 22. I was going to college. I was like working my ass off at night. And I 
started to like develop a fling with him. And so slowly and surely we ended up sleeping together and then being together. And then he got an apartment closer to me. And then I would sleep over at his house while like we would go into work. So then I would like stay with him, drive all the way to school, but like sleep with him and then work at night in the city. So like we had, I was with him all the time, except Mm -hmm. for fucking weekends. And I never questioned him. Like he was just like doing his thing. Sure enough. And I found this out when he went to a work trip, quote unquote, in France, he made his WhatsApp picture, him and a girl standing out front of the Eiffel Tower. So I went to go like WhatsApp him and see, and I had never even thought to communicate with him when he was on trip because I just like wasn't there. Like, I don't know why. I think I was just a naive 22 year old girl at that time. And so like, I look at the WhatsApp picture and I'm like, what the, who the hell is that with him in France? Turns out he had a ex-girlfriend or a girlfriend the entire time she lived in jersey and i lived basically with him in new york and he was going on the weekends to go work at his restaurant but he was really going to be with her so my god and how long how long did that last for like how long was he with you and his girlfriend eight months oh my god dude the energy that takes eight months eight months and he had the audacity to slide into my dms after i got single but he doesn't follow me of course he doesn't follow me Uh he slipped and you know and i and you know what i said back to him i said he said like i hope you're doing okay i said thank you and then i was like like are you married and he's like or i was like how are the kids like because he got married to this woman and he was like oh my god yeah, he was like, it's all good. And he was like, I would love to see you. I said, you Shut got the me fuck up. You got me fucked up. <laughs> you got You're like, me motherfucker, up. you better slide right back on out of those goddamn DMs. Like, hell no, dude. Like, and then like occasionally he'll send me like random DMs again, but I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, the audacity that people yeah. have. So I wonder if his now wife and mother of his children know that like for the first eight months, he was with you too. I have no idea. I Unreal. really don't. Unreal. Oh my god, I, men, 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 men. I mean, not this all is, men. Not all. It's, men. No, not all men. <laughs> and and women and women do it too. I, so many yeah. of my viral videos that like end up going off on TikTok, men will comment and be like, "It's not only women." And I'm like, "Did I say anywhere in this video that it was only men?" Like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, right. Why are you triggered story. by it though? <laughs> yeah. 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 See, it's like stories like that that, you know, the his now wife, I feel like, would have like a massive FML story, like if she ever found that out. Because like if it was happening with you, like Lord only knows like who else it was happening with. Oh, for sure. And like, yeah, there was definitely questionable times when like I wasn't at work one night and he was like, oh, yeah, one of the bartenders had to sleep over at the apartment. But like that's just because she didn't have a ride home. And like now I think back, I'm like, you probably fucked her too. (laughs) Right, right. And, And like, was it even a bartender or just some like random girl that you brought home with you? Totally. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I, who has, I don't know. Who has the time? Like, I, God, my brain, dude, would need a, like, blueprint map on my wall to be like, okay, this is when you call <laughs> this person. This is when you're seeing this person. Like, how the fuck do you even deal? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, one of my favorite quotes, this is, I don't, this is weird that I'm quoting Abe Lincoln right now. But, he, <laughs> but he, I think he said something along the lines of, like, when you tell a truth, you never have to remember what you said. And that just mm-hmm. always stuck with me because, like, when you start to lie to people and you start to create stories, then you're, like, stuck with this exactly like you said. Who did I say to what? Like, what? who knows what part of what story? And then it just becomes this, like, spiral. So it's just, like, better to, like, 
I mean, if you can, live an honest life and be honest, like honest Abe, you know, good old honest Abe. Frickin' A, good old Abe. Um, Okay, so tell me a little bit about, for the people that don't know about Sweetheart Club, tell me about Sweetheart Club and why you started it, what you guys are all about. Um, I've obviously partnered with you guys multiple times and will continue to do so. I think you guys are doing amazing things and putting out such great content, but um, give us the little spiel on that. Yeah. So Sweetheart Club was really, it's a self-love community, and it was made to combat online and social negativity and hate. So originally, obviously, when I got on the challenge, as we've talked about earlier in this episode, there is so much negativity that kind of gets like thrown onto anybody in reality TV, like anybody in general, but reality TV people get trolled like crazy. So we wanted to create a safe space in an environment where we could promote self-love, positivity. And like, I obviously do that on my own page, but I also wanted to develop a community. So like Vera, my best friend, And I put it together and it started out as like little Instagram posts and t-shirts and like fast forward two years later, it's probably almost three years now. And we run this group called Mindful Monday, which you're going to co-lead soon, which I'm so excited about that. But basically it's a community of like anywhere from like 80 to 100 plus people who come in on Zoom on a Monday night and like we get guest teachers, we talk about mindfulness, we talk about relatable life topics, we journal, we do guided meditations. And like, it's almost just like a safe space to just release. Like, we have so many people who leave those sessions crying and just like feeling like they needed to connect with people. And that really developed because obviously in this whole era of COVID, it's Mm -hmm. been crazy to develop connections and communities with people. So it's been an amazing way for people to connect with one another. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so excited for you to be teaching a class. I know that that's going to be so powerful. Me too. People are going to love that. Yay. Yeah, I'm so I'm so looking forward to it. Although when this episode airs, I'll probably have already done it. So hopefully we can do it again in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I have I've come on to a couple of the mindful Mondays, like as a, a student as a listener, if you will, um, and done some of the guided meditations and the journal prompts. And it's just a really great space. So I urge anyone listening that's looking for a little um, ingredient to add into your own self-love cocktail to uh, check out yes. Mindful Mondays. Where can they look all that up? You can just look it up at joinmindfulmonday.com or you can go over to my Instagram, with it, which is at Tori Deal, Tori underscore Deal, and click the link in my bio and I have like everything kind of attached. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. And you know what, Gabrielle? I got to give you a lot of credit because like you've created an entire community literally because of a breakup, which is yeah. fucking <laughs> insane. Insane. Like, talk about making your pain your power. You have created an entire community and podcast, which is amazing. And it's so funny because people don't know this yet, but I'm going to stop putting out tour tour dealing with episodes. I'm going to stop at my year mark and like take a break and kind of revamp everything. So I 100% am going to encourage all of my listeners to come listen to you while I'm gone. (laughs) Yay. I so love that. Um, And I hope that when you come back, um, you know, we'll have to let everybody know because it's such a great podcast that you have. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, girl. And you also recently became an author, dude. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? I remember when we went on our first hike, like the first time we ever met, we went and hiked Runyon. And 
in the middle of it, you were like, so I'm writing a kid's book and do you want to hear like one of the little stories? That go-? And I was like, yes. And you told it to me. I was like, oh my God, dude, that's fucking genius. I can see the drawings. I can see the stuffed animals that come from it. Mm-hmm. I can see the kids show. Yeah. Um, and now it's like an actual thing. I have my copy. I have bought copies for my, my little Thank baby cousins. Um, and it's, it's really, it's incredible. Um, so oh tell, tell me a little bit about that. Thank you. It's so funny because people don't like this idea of this book actually started on the challenge. People don't know that. And I actually kind of refrain from telling that story because I don't want the challenge to come on and be like, it's mine. It's not yours. Right. It's, mine. <laughs> like, it's fucking mine. I was bored while I was in Dirty 30. This is how long ago this idea came wow. out. Yes. And I was sitting on my fucking bed and I'm just like kind of doodling and I'm so bored while we're filming because while we film, we don't get phones. We don't get TV. We don't get like to talk to our family, friends, nothing. So you're stripped of everything but a pen and paper. So I'm like, okay, Tori, what? what am I going to do with this pen and paper? I'm going to create characters. So I had created this character like Kitty Pillar a long time ago. And then I created Yolky Pear, which inevitably evolved to Bumblepee and Koala Pear over years. But like really this idea just kind of stemmed from being completely bored and just like playing with my own inner child in out of boredom. I and love it. it's been... Yeah, it's been amazing to put it out. Like, it really came at the most amazing time. And this is why I trust the universe, because I had been working on this book for three years. I was supposed to put this book out at the beginning of this season of the challenge airing so that I could, like, really get total promo across the board and I would, like, get as much from it as possible. The book wasn't able to come out. At that time, there was something going on, like it, like the inside the production company, like there was like a glitch, and like the book was frozen for a month and a half. So when I could, yes. So when I could finally put the book out and release it to people, it was the night that I got eliminated from the show. So I had this like balance of like, okay, Tori, here's an ultimate low. You're going to look like a loser on TV and it's going to hurt because you're a super competitor and like you don't like to look weak. But then mm-hmm. also the universe had my back because something that was supposed to happen a month earlier happened the exact same day. And I was like, OK, you have my back. Like, I, I see you. I feel you. Like the signs come in and like you just have to like hold on to them with everything you have. And so I truly believe in the universe. I'm so thankful this book has been a like a a project from a project of passion. It's been like a labor of love and I'm so happy to have put it out. And I'm so thankful that you read it and you love it. Yeah, girl. Oh my God. I was so stoked for you guys. Um, cause Vera illustrated it. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So amazing. Um, it's all like hand drawn and it's called the search for syrup. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Amazon, Barnes and Noble.com, all the websites. So cool, dude. So cool. And now um, I'm in your club, the author club. Yay! Yes, I love it. I love it. Um, and let's let's dive in real quick to, you know, both of us are pretty big advocates of mental health and talking about really, you know, destigmatizing um, a- anything that's under the umbrella of mental health. You know, depression and body image and all the things. Um, yeah. So what has been your biggest factor in your life to be like, okay, I struggle with this form of mental health and I want to be an advocate to, you know, help other people around me that are following me to, to follow and do the same? It definitely has to be anxiety, for sure. Mm-hmm. I am the type of person that I can get, like, anxiety attacks that last 
like six hours at a time. And it's only gotten worse with reality TV. So the two, the combination of dealing with online haters and trolls and anxiety and like that fear of the future, that's what anxiety is. It's not knowing what's going to come next. And then it's being in your own head and thinking, oh, well, this could happen. This could happen. This could happen. And then all of a sudden that snowballs into this snowstorm and you are just like holding your knees in your room. Like what is going to happen next? And so I have just like really buckled down. Like I said, dedicating time and money into my mental health has been the thing that saved, I want to say saved my life. Because if I didn't have a life coach, if I didn't talk to a therapist, if I didn't do and put money into those areas of life, and I'm so thankful that I'm privileged enough to be able to do that and to be able to afford those resources. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't do that, I would not be mentally where I am right now, which is okay. And that's literally all I have to be. I just have to be okay. So that's why I always talk about on my podcast as well. Like if you don't have the financial resources to be able to afford mental health, I just encourage you to look into free resources. There are so many out there, whether it be podcasts, mental health podcasts, mental health audiobooks, which are cheap, or like there are still ways to get free therapy if it's possible. You just need to like dive a little deeper and look into it because like I encourage everybody to try to get help if they feel like they are experiencing anxiety or anything, depression, anything. I mean, it's heavy. This world is not easy. Yeah, for sure. I I have always struggled with anxiety and it's like a day-to-day thing. Um yeah. I'll I'll look at Tay some days and he's like, What's you you have anxiety? And I'm like, Yeah. Um l- recently I've learned how to differentiate because there is a difference for me. Um because they feel so similar, but anxiety and like the uh the excitement for things that I know are on their way to me. Um yeah. and energetically it's really close. It's like kind of the difference between the moment you're about to step out on stage and like give this incredible dance performance or mm-hmm. the moment you get called into the principal's office and your heart sinks out of your ass. Um, they're very close. They're not, they're not so different. Um, right. So I've, I've been trying to like lean into the comfortability of knowing that it's not always anxiety and that kind of helps me like calm myself down. But for me, I battled depression on and off growing up. Um, not ever consistently enough to where I went on any heavy antidepressants. I think, um, what I, what I ended up taking when I was younger was, um, Sammy, which is like an all natural kind of just mood balancer, um, Mm -hmm. or mood assistant. Uh, but I think it's so important because you're right. There's so much shit that goes on in this world and it's a lot to deal with. And people are like, oh, I just like felt off one day or, oh, I just kind of like didn't want to get out of bed one day. But it's when those days start to accumulate and go untreated or unlooked at that it then becomes a full-blown problem. Um, And those full-blown problems are a lot harder to address when you're knee deep in them as opposed to addressing them at the forefront. And I'm a big advocate like you of therapy, even when nothing's wrong. Like I, I have therapy sessions, like if if I'm not in it consistently, like usually once or twice a month, even if everything's perfectly fine, just to like really check in with myself. And it's usually in those sessions where some really big shit comes up that I didn't even Mm -hmm. know needed to be addressed. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. You're yes. like, yes and, to all of it. Yes to all of and it. Like, <laughs> yes. And you know, it's so crazy. And I I think like this past year has been really transformative for a lot of people because like it, life is already hard as it is. I'm a normal person and I experience anxiety. I'm like a white woman that lives in this country. And then you have to add the layers of like, 
race and ageism and sexuality and all these other things that other and people from other groups, other underrepresented groups experience anxiety as well. And you, you put that, that like other like element on top of it. So I am thankful for the little amount of anxiety I probably experienced compared to other people in this country. So I just know that it's been such an insane year and I don't think that there's anything other to do than for people to continue to seek mental health, uh, yeah. mental health, in men- uh, health, men- what am I saying? <laughs> mental health help. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because it's just such a hard, it's such a hard time. It's been such an, incre- it's just been crazy. Yeah. And especially <sighs> with quarantine. I mean, like you said um, earlier in your breakup story, it's like quarantine either made or broke people. Like there was no in between. It was like, we're either best fucking friends and I love you or we're getting a divorce. Like there was no gray area in between because it really forced people to like look at each other and be like, okay, do I really love this person enough to be in the trenches with them? Or am I just Mm -hmm. here because it's comfortable and I don't really want to be alone? Totally. Yeah. 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 Oh God, it's been such an, it's been a crazy year. And like, I have this beautiful vision of like what's to come. And I hope that it will be like the roaring twenties when this all lets up. And I hope that we're going to see a lot more love and a lot more partying when we're all together. And like, I really pray for that, but there's just so much work to be done internally. Everybody has a lot of work to do and externally there's a lot of work to do. So it's like much as I want to celebrate and just kind of get back to normal. It's like, I don't think that there is ever getting back to normal anymore. I think it's like, okay, like now we have a responsibility to just continue to make this world a better place individually and externally. So it's a lot to carry on. And for somebody with basic moderate anxiety, it's like, fuck, I'm already dealing with my own shit. Like, how am I going to fit in that shit? But, right. it's, you know, it's day by day. One of my favorite quotes is like, how do you eat an elephant? Well, first of all, I would never eat an elephant. But you <laughs> eat it one <laughs> you eat it one bite at a time. And right. that's, that's just it. You just go slowly but surely. And I think that's just like all we can do. I had this amazing um, internal bias training. We have to do it for MTV. Mm-hmm. And... Which, which I love. And the, the one of the things that we talked about, and I actually forget the term that they that was used, but basically like humans only have the ability to focus for 90 minutes at a time before they take like this like 60 minute like kind of focus like route where you're like kind of paying attention and you're kind of like on your phone and you're kind of like zoning out and then you can lock back in for another 90 minute focus zone. Mm. So it's like as humans, we have patterns of abilities to being able to deal with shit and like once you start to like study that and recognize like hey listen i've been pushing myself to the fucking brink for like the last nine hours like no i need a break for a reason like so you can start honoring like when you can devote work when you can devote like time to being able to help yourself or helping others by like listening to your personal patterns of when you actually can exert a lot of energy and when you genuinely need a break like finding that mindfulness is huge yes dude that's so powerful so you guys rewind this like 20 seconds and listen to what she just said again that's so (laughs) fucking important and I need to take that advice I swear to god I sometimes I book my days so solid that I'm like I wasn't even present for half the shit that I did because it's just like get to the end of the schedule at some points and you're like okay this isn't like what am I even doing (laughs) 
<laughs> it's because we idolize capitalism so much. And the truth is, it's great. It's cool. We get to push ourselves and we like get to make these amazing advancements and accomplishments. But when it comes down to it on the individual level, you can only operate so much at a time. Like lately, I've been scheduling myself. I have my workout in the morning. I have a block of time that I work right after that. I take a huge break like the Italians do. And then I Love go back it. to work. Literally, that's what I do. I'm like, I'm thankful that I'm an op- entrepreneur and I can make my own schedule. But like that is how I have to function because I know I will not be being I will not be functioning to my most optimal level if I don't break it down like that. And that was a huge learning thing for me, too. So I feel like once you start to integrate that into your schedule, it will feel powerful. Totally. I, I will let you know in a month or two if I've adopted that or completely disregarded it. What, one of the two things will happen. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> All right, my love. I love you so much. You're just such a light in this freaking world. I'm so happy to call you a friend. I can't wait for your ass to get back to LA so we can freaking hang. Um, can you tell everyone again where they can find you on uh, all your platforms? Oh, Gabrielle. Well, first, I just want to say I love you so much, and I'm so proud of you. You kick ass every day, and you deserve a break whenever you want it. Just know that. You You really, really do. And you guys can follow me at Tori underscore deal if you want. You can check out The Search for Syrup, which is my kid's book. You can come to a Mindful Monday. Or, yeah, like, listen to my podcast. There's only going to be a few more episodes left before I say everyone go listen to... Gabrielle's podcast because I think I need a break. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The, the podcast is Tori Dealing. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and you're just a freaking rock star girl. So keep killing it. Thanks, boo. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> I want to thank Tori so much for coming on and hanging out with us today. Um, I have so much love for that woman. So if you are not following her on social media, go check her out. She's authentic and hysterical. And she's just a good freaking person to have her energy anywhere in your your vibe of life. So um, thank you again, my love. So much love to you. Okay, we are going to take a turn now and go to some of your FML stories. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, this is Veronica. And this is my FML story. I met this guy when I was 18 years old. He became my best friend, and we started dating. Two years into the relationship, we decided to get married. I honestly thought that was it for me. I was marrying my best friend, and it couldn't get any better than that. We had the type of relationship everyone wished they had. We were so young, though, only 20 and 21 years old. A year and a half into the marriage, we started growing apart. And eventually, I found out he was texting other girls. I couldn't trust him anymore. We couldn't seem to make our marriage work after that. We traveled to visit our families for the holidays, and he transformed into this man I did not recognize. I came back home, and he stayed for another week. But we were apart, I realized how unhappy I was. And when he came back home, I picked him up from the airport, and we had the conversation. We were both unhappy and couldn't make our marriage work, but we still loved and cared enough for each other that we decided to stay friends and end our marriage. We also decided to stay in the same house since he couldn't afford to rent a place on his own. He moved out to one of the guest rooms. It was only while we paid off our debts. A few months later, he traveled out of town for a family reunion and went on a short vacation with his friends. He didn't come back when he was supposed to and lost his job. After that, he didn't get a job for months and I was paying all the bills by myself. Now, keep in mind, my teenage brother lived with us, 
So I was providing for the three of us and our four dogs, plus the two car notes on top of the bills and the house payment. Honestly, I don't know how I did it. I was so stressed, I literally felt like pulling my hair out because of our finances. A few months passed by and our birthdays were coming up. We were both born in the same month. He told me he was going out of town for his birthday and made up the story about how a friend of his gave him free nights at a hotel. Anyway, he left, made it to his destination. He then called me and asked if he could borrow money from me since his friend was going to loan him some money but wasn't answering his phone. And me being who I am, I agreed. I thought, what if he has an emergency? We had a shared account, so he used the money in that account. Eventually, I checked my bank account, and he had used my money to pay for the hotel. Hmm, weird. I thought he had that covered. A few days later, his friend, which happens to be married to my cousin, came forward and told me that my then-husband was with a woman on this trip. This woman traveled from a different country to spend his birthday with him. They knew each other from high school. You know what that means? He paid for the hotel with my hard-earned money to be with her. Yep. I was devastated. I thought that even though I couldn't trust him as my partner anymore, I could at least trust him as my friend. I mean, where's the human decency? He came home a few days later, and of course I kicked him out. He had nowhere to go, but I didn't care anymore. I was hurt. That was it. Fuck that. I had enough. Eventually, I found out they had been together when we visited our families during the holidays and also when he went on vacation with his friends. He made his new relationship public on social media a month later. His family and my family were shocked. No one knew we had separated months before that. I've been divorced for four years now, and it's been the best decision. Not only that he took advantage of me financially, he had also put me through emotional abuse while we were together. He had anger issues and would punch walls, doors, break windows. The emotional scars are still there, but I'm happily divorced now. I forgave him and found who I am because of what I went through. I know my boundaries and I would not change a single thing. I love me so much now. Thanks for listening. Wow, girl. What a freaking journey you have been on. And you were so right when you said, where's the human decency? Like to go off and do something like that. Granted that you guys were, you know, broken up or just friends at the time, but to use your money after he was already financially taking advantage of you in such a way to go be with someone who he obviously had known while you were married. It's just the disrespect is just disgusting. Um, so good for you for putting your foot down and kicking him out. Um, I'm so proud of people when I hear, you know, it's really hard to, to let go of that comfort that we find. And a lot of times I think that people will settle because it's what's familiar and what's comfortable. And it's scary to be alone and scary to feel abandoned and scary to walk away from what you know. And I'm so proud when I hear stories of people that do that when the disrespect is so blatant that they know that they don't have a choice but to walk away. 
So more fucking power to you, girl. Um, sending you lots of lots of love. Hi, Gabrielle. My name's Laura, and here's my story. A few years ago, I moved to Colorado for a job, and shortly after, I met a man named Chad, and we fell in love. After years of terrible relationships, I was hopeful because I knew he was the one. However, this would be short-lived. He collapsed one morning and never got better. I spent 34 days in the hospital with him, learning about his alcohol addiction. I had my suspicions about it, but I simply just did not act in time. And all in all, he was too far gone and there was absolutely nothing I or anybody else could do for him. So I was with him when he took his last breath and that was the hardest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. I was so angry because this man I finally found is gone. I spiraled into an abyss after his death of alcohol. And it led me to multiple one night stands and being coming pregnant, but having a miscarriage. I realized I had enough and it led me to my current boyfriend, James. And now we have our wonderful daughter, Ariana. So despite the tragedy I went through with Chad, I thank God every day because he taught me to love myself again and others. And without that, I would not be able to be with James and have Ariana. Oh, girl, um, my heart is going out to you right now. I am a huge believer and walking example that everything happens for a reason. And I have dealt with many of my own tragedies in my life. And I really, truly feel that when we go through experiences like that, it changes us as people. And it's our responsibility to make sure they change us for the better, as hard as they can be. So I'm so glad to hear that you are doing well now and happy and have a beautiful little girl because I know how difficult those experiences can be and proud of you for taking the responsibility and the steps to finding your happiness again. Next week, y'all, we are diving into a solo episode, and it's one that I have gotten lots and lots of requests for, and it's going to be all around toxic love. So we're really diving into it next week, you guys. Um, It's going to be a good one. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. All of our merch as well as signed copies of the book are available on eatprayfml.com. And if you want some extra content, you can come over and hang with us on the subscription at patreon.com slash FML Talk. Until next week, have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond 
I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.